Welcome to Entrepreneurhood, where we break entrepreneurship down into three simple pillars, business, lifestyle, and motivation. Our goal is to use our personal experiences as industry leaders to guide and inspire young entrepreneurs to see the lesson in every challenge, because we understand that companies don't succeed, people do. Now, welcome the leaders of Entrepreneurhood, Lakeham and KB. Welcome to the neighborhood. This is episode 23. You got your boy Lake Kim in the building and I got my brother KB in the building with me. This episode is all going to be about how to build teams and the importance of why as entrepreneurs, we need a team behind us. And this is a topic that KB and I, I'm super passionate about. We're both passionate about this. So the title of this episode is, it takes a village to run a business. KB, he found an African proverb that's going to be the quote of the day. And then KB is going to let y'all know why we decided to choose this topic. KB, what's the quote of the day? Today's quote is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I think as entrepreneurs, we need to realize that more. Because in the beginning, what we have world compelling ideas is great. But when it actually comes to carrying out, we need more people than just us. Without a team, the journey isn't as fun. Exactly. And you'd rather work smarter than harder. It's strength in numbers when it comes to running your business. So the main reason we chose this topic, because we know running a business from the ground up is hard and running by yourself is even harder. So this is why you need a team or community behind your brand in order to be successful. There's no successful entrepreneur that's done it by themselves. There's no successful athlete that's done it by themselves. And even if they have, why do it that way? Yeah, LeBron tried to do it by himself and it didn't work out. <laughs> so he always makes sure he has a team behind him now. You got to. It's just a smarter move because there's no I in team. For all of our listeners listening, before we jump into the problems, KB and I got a call of action for you guys. If you guys have been getting any type of value or you enjoy the episodes that we've been dropping weekly, if you could do us a favor and go to Apple Podcasts on your phone, and leave us a five-star review. That would be a huge help for the community because KB and I want to make sure as many people out there that's listening that get the messages that we deliver in. Please, when you get a chance, leave us a five-star review. It's going to help the community, and we want to make sure that everybody gets this message. So, KB, let's jump into the problem. All right, the first problem we have is I need help to complete my mission. I've been saying this problem to myself for many years. when it comes to doing new things and new objectives and you get so excited about the idea then you realize yo i have nobody i could count on it just make you fall back to square one it's like wow me having this idea is great but to carry it out and not have other people to carry out with me is not so much i feel like we all get into entrepreneurship because we want to be able to make a decision and do something without asking for permission that's a huge difference between having a team that can help you complete the mission with the idea that you came up with, man, having a team is so important, man. Because it's like we're a bunch of loners, (laughs) (laughs) but we need to be part of the loner community where we can work together. We all like the black sheep of our circles. And that's what it comes down to. Us knowing that we want to get something done and we want to do it our way, but we got to get great at building a community that stands behind our vision. The second problem we have is hard to keep people motivated. Oh, yeah, bro. Let me talk about this. Bro, when, especially in sales, when it comes to motivating people 
to go and make their money every single day, it's a headache. It's, it's frustrating. It's annoying. Most people forget that it's a part of the process. And that's why I feel like a lot of people we get into entrepreneurship is to be able to help people. But it's just like when you deal with people, man, they get you mad. The funny thing you just said, what stuck out to me was that you said you motivate people to go make their money. <laughs> <laughs> I get it, but it's like, yo, you got to take ownership. This is for me. This is for my future and my livelihood. I should be on top of myself more than Lay should be on top of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like as an employee, it's like, nah, I got to be on it because I'm going to show my CEO that I could really put in work. Yeah. And I feel like whenever we're building a community, man, it's tough because you would think that someone could get the job done on their own. But again, there's always a reason of why there's a position called the boss or the CEO is because that's what you got to do. That's what we get paid for. Yeah. And the same sentence too, because even with training, it's like, I'm helping you to work on your body. <laughs> <laughs> Some people, they come to me because they don't know. Granted, other people, they do know, but they need somebody to actually push them. And that's what they paid me for. It's like, yo, I need you to keep me motivated. I have unconventional ways of doing that, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> this problem is really an accountability. I think I definitely got some examples to talk about with this one. The third problem we have, I don't trust people with my brand. This problem, I find it very immature because you know you want to have a big business from a small business to a big business. You want to be a Fortune 500 company. It's a lot of people that works for that company. A lot of people represent that company. So there's no big company that's doing it alone. And you know that already, but your own insecurities is not allowing you to grow. Some people, this problem is you're just not mature enough to take that extra step and to work with someone else. I totally agree. I feel like it's a combination of that and just not having the experience or know what's entailed in business. It's either they don't know or they don't care. I feel like a lot of the time for our entrepreneurs too, they probably literally just don't know that it's okay to give someone a little bit of ownership to represent you. Yeah, it will stunt your growth or your business, your revenue. It will stunt everything. Is that really worth the risk? Because you're putting a cap on how much, how far you can really go. That's true, bro. Let's jump into some of the experiences, man, because I feel like from trying to create a village, the idea of what we talked about is that it takes a village to run a business, man. This is such a topic that I'm super passionate about because over the last five years, man, I've built team after team after team again. And it's the same thing with you. You know what it's like to build a community. And the tough thing is you're doing it with females, <laughs> pure females. So like, I commend you even more than what I've done, but that environment, if you don't control that community, it could be toxic. It could be very toxic. <laughs> <laughs> For me, like when it comes to, I need help to complete my mission. The biggest mistake I made initially in the beginning phases of entrepreneurship was I tried to be Superman. It was my business. And I was like, I got this. I could do it by myself. I didn't realize by me trying to be Superman, I almost burned myself out and quit. It's so much entailed to complete, you know, the mission in other words, is the end goal. And when you try to complete a big goal by yourself, man, it's, it's stressful. And I put myself through too much stress in the beginning parts of business. If I was just willing to understand, take the time to build that community to help us hit the mission. In the beginning, when I was doing uh, Feed in the City, and which is my nonprofit, we give out food to the homeless during the holidays. It was one of those things I didn't think people actually would want to be a part of it. For example, they say millennials don't care about anybody. 
it's not really true. We just don't know how to tap in. What I learned was, let me just, you know, put it out there. But at the same time, doing Feed in the City is not just like a typical soup kitchen. Like, it's real work being done. We set up, we make the food, we shop for the food, we cook for the food, we ask people to cook it, we transport it, we store it. It's so many different jobs and different tasks that needs to be done so the mission can be done. And I just couldn't see my, couldn't see another 20-year-old kid, 22-year-old and say like, yo, I'm going to work for free on Thanksgiving day. And I don't want nothing in return. From that, it was just, this sounds good. Like I know what needs to be done, but I don't think nobody else is willing to do this. So my problem is like, I need people to help complete my mission. As I put it out there and I gave value and built value from it, more people became a part of it. And a lot of people actually wanted to do it, but they just didn't have a platform to do it. What would you say is the toughest part most entrepreneurs when it comes to asking for help. Why do you think so many people are hesitant to ask for help? Pride and rejection. Some people feel that they shouldn't have to ask the people. They should already know. So if you post something, people like it, they might not comment. And it's something that you need people to be a part of. They feel like, oh, you should just ask me. Or if you want to do it, you should just come. And a lot of times it's not like that. You need to have a genuine conversation just as if you're doing business. You have to reach out. You have to figure out what's your warm leads, what's your cold leads. You have to you know, put in the work basically and talk to people. And some people that just want to build a, a big business without talking to people. And it's like, yo, this is a very human skills that we need to learn. <laughs> <laughs> like you have to talk to people, you have to reach out to them, whether you're going to text, email, you have to have some type of communication in order for a transaction to even happen in the first place. And that makes sense because I feel like the toughest thing when you're building a brand or you're building a company is creating a community that people want to be a part of. One of the sayings that I always say is people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. Most entrepreneurs were hesitant to try to bring people together because what if they don't work well together or what if they don't see the vision that I see? I feel like that holds a lot of us entrepreneurs back. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to set the tone when it comes to the environment. One thing that helped me a lot is that I built value within you know, the nonprofit where I wanted people to be a part of the movement, but we also made it where everyone to be a part of it by us enjoying it. Cause I had different leaders within the community. Like my friend who was a promoter, my other friends who have their own businesses, they're already known in the community. And once you reach out to the leaders of people and they see that the leaders are doing it, a lot of people follow. That was like my business strategy for the nonprofit is to get the leaders of people that I'm close with and they already have their own following. It's different strategic ways you can go about it, but the main thing is I actually had to talk to people. I actually reach out to them like, yo, are you willing to do this? Because we don't have no money right now. The budget is zero. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the hardest part for me because me being so business-minded where I, I do everything where it makes sense because you're in business for profit, to go to ask somebody to do something and not give them any type of conversation, it was hard for me. That was like, attacking my pride but i'm like yo if i need to do this for the nonprofit, it's not for me personally because i don't never want to look like i'm begging but it's like it's not just begging if you ask them and it's all about your approach and how you you know communicate i think when it comes to building a team too man the one of the key things that i know is you got to know how to make things fun that was a big thing that i made sure that i created a culture in the beginning stages of entrepreneurship is if i'm building a team and I'm making and I'm bringing different personalities together. I understood the challenges that was bound to happen is people have different interests. People come from different backgrounds. And one of the things that I felt like I mastered early on in, in business is creating an environment that people felt comfortable to express how they was feeling. 
Mm-hmm. And also, like, I put together a common goal that I knew I wanted people to believe in. Like, one of my sayings that I always say is, create a culture that no one else has. And I heard that one time when I went to like, a conference, and that stuck with me ever since I heard that. And that made me, when I created my mission statement, that same quote that I heard one time at a conference is what I built my company mission around that statement. So let's just put things in perspective real quick. You're a, a black male from Southside Jamaica, Queens, that moved to Indianapolis. Being the boss and the CEO, how do you create a team for that type of demographic? What did you do to make people not only come through the door, but also stay while they're in the door, like to be a part of it? I feel like, to be honest, that was probably one of the biggest hurdles. One, when I first did it, I thought it was going to be impossible because I don't know what I just got myself into. <laughs> like, I don't know if, it, if it's even going to be attainable to put this together because sometimes the toughest thing is if you listen to what other people told you about what happened in the past, it, it kind of creates limiting beliefs for yourself. When I got to Indianapolis, they told me, yo, like Kim, the last person that just left Indianapolis that went out of business... He was here for four months. Good luck. And why would someone say that to a 22-year-old who just moved from across the country to Indianapolis? That shook me, man. I was like, what? Like, he was here for four months? Instantly made me think that the job couldn't get done in Indianapolis. There's two ways to look at that. Dang, I made a mistake. Or two, you look at it and say, well, he's not me. I'm going to use that to my advantage to make sure that I create a culture that people could be prideful to be a part of. One of the biggest things that I did, I think at that stage was I found things that I knew that people was going to enjoy doing. I thought from my perspective, because if I'm going to be a leader of millennials, I'm like, what do us millennials we like to do? We like to get together. We like to do different activities and we like to we be like kids. To, yeah. <laughs> big, you know, like, big kids. <laughs> for real. So I just started thinking of different events that I could do to keep people entertained because, you know, a lot of people have a short attention span. It's easy for people to get bored. So I just started doing any activity that I enjoy doing, activities such as kickball, volleyball. And sometimes I just ask the team, like, yo, what do you guys want to do? And I think that's a big thing of creating a community is just figuring out what's, what does the team want. Yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because that's very important as a leader is always, you know, checking on your team and responding to them what their wants and their needs so you could try to cater to that. A lot of CEOs or a lot of people that try to create communities, they kind of did what I said earlier is they just do what they feel is the best thing. Now, my advantage was I am a millennial. So I don't know the person before me or my other business partner. He's not a millennial. He's an older dude. So it was like, he wasn't thinking. You can't think like a millennial if you're not really one. Probably had no culture. Yeah. So like, I feel like that was a big thing for me, man. Once I built that community of activities that the team had something to look forward to, that's the biggest thing that made the bond stronger. Is there any things that you felt you did with building Team KB or Feeding the City that made the bond strong and the community big? Yeah, that actually taps into the second problem with Team KB is keeping them motivated. In order to keep women motivated to work out, it takes a lot of energy. I just thought it was simple. Like, you want to work on this? All right, we have to do these certain things to get to this goal. But it's not that simple. Like, my average client, she doesn't want to work out after two weeks. (laughs) Not because she doesn't enjoy it. It's that she's probably sore. She's thinking about, yo, her hair. 
She's thinking about all these different other factors. Her lashes might, you know, fall off. Like all these different factors come involved. So what I have to do is have to make, you know, my sessions fun as possible. Fun and intense at the same time. Within my sessions, they keep it beneficial because I always like to be creative. So that's my thing is let me hit them with something different. I just can't go in the gym and say, yo, we're doing six sets of this, three sets of that, and we're going to have a workout. <laughs> it doesn't work that way because after the third, fourth set, they're not even just going to be motivated to do it anymore. They're just going to be like, yo, can we do something else? Can we do something else? And I had to realize well, the way I work out is different from how they work out. It's a different type of ball game. They're not working out for sports performance or be the next best athlete in the city. They're working out to look good and to feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. So with making the, the workouts unique, right? Like I know that's one angle to keep your clients motivated. Is there anything that you feel outside of workout that you had to do to like kind of keep that community strong? I did a few competitions. Okay. So when I do the Team KB transformations, I basically have a set term, like whether it be a three-month goal or six-month goal, and a winner, we give out cash prizes. With that being said, I'm like, now you get paid to work out. Now it's a whole different ball game. Now they're like, yo, I want to win. I want to <laughs> get the cash prize. I want to get the – I don't want to be second place. I make competitiveness a part of the culture because we're competitive. Where we come from, we're always competing, even just meeting you. So I just added that to my business where it's friendly competition where they're not shooting anybody down, but they want to win. That's crazy because when you first told me you were going to do that, I was like, bro, there's no trainers that's actually paying their people to work out. What made you do that? Because I feel like that was so backwards. Like normally most trainers, they try and make money. You giving it back. I just want to put a different spin on it because especially knowing that we was in quarantine, I wanted to, you know, really keep them motivated because it, it hurts to see me to see one of my clients put in so much work and just fall off blatantly. And we now we're worse than where we started. So during quarantine, uh, I did like weekly challenges as well. So if they completed a certain workout with a certain time frame, I'll cash out them right away, $20, $15. Some people who won off the weekly challenges made more money than the people who actually won a cash prize. I gave it so many different efforts for people to win. And I made sure I posted it to know other people like, this is legit. Like I'm paying them real money, not monopoly money. It was dope, man. It was fun. A lot of people, they enjoyed it. And it's actually made them worthwhile during quarantine because a lot of people was going through depression at that time. You definitely did something that kind of kept things fresh and you gave them something to look forward to. And I think that's a big part of building a community. So one of the other things too, that kind of my mind is, and, and I want your, your take on this, I've noticed in the past that you've done like different trips and different events that wasn't fitness related. What made you decide to take that angle to like be able to bring people together? Really tap it into my avatar, which is like my average client or my customer base and really figure out their interests and their likes. Cause I know me personally, I like going out. I like going to travel. I know going to different places. So it's like, why not have a team KB trip? Why not have a Team KB bus trip, go to Atlantic City? Why not have a, a volleyball game, a, a marathon run? Why not do these certain things where we all work out? That's what we have in common. And we all enjoy these other activities. So let's just do it together. When it came to the actual marathon, well, not marathon, the, well, you could say marathon. It was a mini marathon. <laughs> we ran on the beach. Some people were actually practicing for it. And some people were actually scared for it. But I said, yo, when you run with a group, it's a different type of cohesiveness that's going to push you forward. They're like, yo, I don't know if I could do it. I don't know if I could do it, KB. I never ran two miles in my life. I'm like, <laughs> relax. <laughs> You're not going to be left alone. I told them three rules. I said, 
one, there's no stopping. Two, no man left behind. Three, you got to hold your own water. (laughs) (laughs) And it was so dope because people came in. It wasn't a matter about the speed or how fast you was getting it, as long as you got it done. And whatever group you felt with, like you was with, that was a group that you was with until the end. And if somebody was like lagging behind, they will go back and pull the next person to come. And it just built a, a crazy bond within us outside of training. I think that was the best part about it. I said, once I saw that, I was like, I have to keep this going, keep this same type of energy up. Yeah, I feel like that's unique. So for the entrepreneurs that's aiming to try to create different communities or build teams, did you like intend to do them like quarterly? Did you just want to do them once a month? How many times were you doing these different Team KB events? Originally, I think I started in 2015, started doing events intentionally. I did an event every month and that was my goal. Like I put that part of my goal list is do some type of event every month, uh, whether it's social or sports event, where I could keep people engaged and part of the community. And from that, you know, it was extreme success far as in the bond and the outreach of them bringing their friends on certain events and me meeting new people, getting clients. It was a dope thing. Like even doing bus trips, paintball trips, Six Flags, Donny Park, all those different things led to where I'm at today, where people know me for more than one thing. That's such a unique angle to take. So for me, when it comes to, you know, me trying to keep people motivated, I just kind of revert back to like what we say in the outro is companies don't succeed people do i always got to remind myself that anytime i'm trying to keep my team motivated i believe dealing with people probably one of the most annoying things because you know naturally people are just unreliable <laughs> and i feel like that's kind of a lot of people's experience and i feel like you've experienced it too of like you have clients that say they're going to show up they don't and i've had employees that say yo i'm going to be here i'm going to do that and then they don't as entrepreneurs, it's so frustrating. So one of the things that I try to do is I try to find the good in people because when someone isn't motivated, I just try to get to the root of it. And I'm like, why isn't this person motivated? Like me and you, I feel like we wake up on go every day. Like we try and get to it. But what I had to like remind myself is people are product of their environment. What I needed to tell myself or what I always remind myself is they just need good leadership to guide them in direction. And that's my job. Like this, the reason why you get paid so much is because people need that accountability. They need someone to push them. And it's the same thing as a manager. What I tell myself with me leading and guiding people in sales position is I say I'm a glorified babysitter. I get overpaid to keep people accountable and keep them on track. Like I said earlier is I have to motivate people for them to make their own money. So then that way they could pay their own bills. And it's crazy, but that's why I get paid, you know? So whenever it came down to having people that I needed to motivate, like I've had so many people like leave my team. And what I realized is that once they left my team, I was like, yo, like their life fell apart. They either got themselves into some trouble. As soon as they stopped working for me, they got pregnant. Our job as leaders of people is to keep them on the right track. Sometimes it's easy to get frustrated with people, but I just got to remind myself that, man, they need me. They need my guidance because without it, who knows what path they're going to take. Wait, so just for the record, you're not selling birth control (laughs) at your office no birth control i just keep them busy when you working six days a week you don't got time for no kids right now baby like you don't got time for that nah i get it on a serious note how do you because sales is so hard like door-to-door sales is so hard how do you 
motivate somebody after they're in a slump for like a week or two and, you know, their sales are just depleting. What do you say to that person? I think the number one thing whenever someone is really unmotivated or they're in a slump is you make them self-aware of what's going on. The biggest flaw that a lot of people have is they're not self-aware. So you would think that a person knows why they're not hitting their goals, right? And the reality is they don't. So it's our job to kind of say, hey, are you aware that when you're talking to customers, you have RBF, your first impression of meeting someone with RBF. And for anyone who doesn't know what RBF means, it's arrest and bitch face. And if you're meeting someone with a mean mug, it's like, of course, no one's not going to want to buy from you is because your first impression sucks. It's a combination of that, or I have to kind of ask deeper questions to see did they have a bad experience? Did a, a previous customer frustrate them that now they have a preconceived notion of what the next customer is going to say? So mm. that self-awareness when it comes to motivating people, I think is the number one key to getting them back on track. You touched on a definitely a few points that I want to talk about in my solutions. It's just one leading to another talking about how we go about it. Can't wait to share what I got. The third problem we got, man, is we said the big things that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is I don't trust people with my brand. That's one of, like you said, a, a big oxymoron that we struggle with as entrepreneurs because I know for sure, like my experience is simple, man. I got trust issues. I got commitment issues, even when it comes to relationships or whatever the case may be. So my brand is even closer to me than anything. Like I have an issue with giving people my password when it comes to, <laughs> I got to give someone my password to, for them to have more access to something else. Like I struggle with that. I used to get mad when people made a mistake because when they made a mistake and my name is on the brand, my company's called James Marketing Consultants and you mess up something, you messing up my brand. I would flip out on people and then I would make people scared to make a next mistake. That made it really difficult for me because one of the sayings that come to my mind is like what MJ always told his teammates. <laughs> MJ said, if I pass you the ball, you better make the shot because I could miss a shot on my own. That's why if you ask a lot of MJ players, a lot of MJ teammates other than, you know, Scotty and Dennis Robin. And Dennis, yeah, MJ never passed the ball to them. If I pass you the ball in practice and you miss that shot, I'm not giving you another opportunity because I can miss on my own. I had an issue giving control up when I know that I'd rather make that mistake because if I make the mistake, then I know it's on me. Yeah, you got to email MJ asking how many Christmas cards he get a year. He's a great player, but a terrible teammate. So, that's <laughs> so being that you've been in business over five years, you still have those trust issues? Not nearly to the capacity that I did in the beginning, man. From a one out of 10, my trust issues was on a nine, meaning like nine is I trust no one. And now out of one out of 10, I'll probably say I'm a like, I'm like a four or a five. So I made a lot of improvements. I understand it a lot more now. So I feel like I take the situations a lot different. From my perspective, when I hear I don't trust people my brand. This is directly the people that just started and are saying that. If you just started, you really don't have anything for somebody to take. Just relax. <laughs> because some people, I don't trust people with my idea. They might still, they might take it. It's a God-given idea. Someone can try to imitate it, but they won't be able to take it from you genuinely. And I think people that need to have that approach because that's what doesn't allow them to get off the ground because they so protective on not sharing it to anybody. How is anybody going to help you carry it out? And I think... 
that needs to be noted. Like, hold on, where am I at in my business? What do I need certain things? Because when I started, you know, me being a trainer, it was just me. And I worked with other trainers, but I never felt like I needed someone else to be with me to train. I just felt like I had to build it with them myself. But when it came to, you know, real estate, when it came to acting as well, acting is like it's a team effort. Everybody counts. You can't say, yo, I don't like this person. I don't trust this person. I don't want to rehearse this person. I'm just do the lines on my own. You just sound crazy. <laughs> so I think a lot of times we get so caught up because past experiences, like you said, you had where you don't, you don't trust people. If you was still on that nine, five years in, that would be an issue. And that would have stunt your growth. You probably wouldn't have been successful as you are today if you would have still held that wall up. And it's just relationships where somebody else hurt you, you go in this relationship, you come with that same hurt and you're like, yo, I don't want these things to happen to me. But instead of looking at the good things, you just focus on not getting hurt and not getting burnt. It takes time to, you know, to trust people. I agree, man. It does take time to trust because I feel like trust is something that what we've been taught is earned. And in business, it's so crazy because you have to approach it backwards. And I wish someone had told me this in the beginning. I feel like I was so fearful of someone doing something in a way that misrepresented me that I wanted to fail on my own. That was kind of my mindset. I was like, if I'm going to do bad, I'm going to do bad on my own. I was thinking so small. And I feel like a lot of our entrepreneurs, when they start off, like what you're saying, we think small, man. And when you think small, you win small. It's so much out there on the table that you're not getting because of your own insecurities. When it comes to like representing your brand or you, you're representing someone else's brand. For my sales and marketing firm, right? The client that we have is AT&T. And when I hire people, I tell them that they're responsible for two brands. They're responsible for James Marketing Consultants, my brand, and they're responsible for representing AT&T's brand in the right way. I have to make sure that I do a good job in the interview process and I'm screening for like any red flags. If someone told me something super sketchy they did in the past, all right, that's one red flag. But then mm -hmm. if you give me two or three more in the interview process three strikes and you out. Like <laughs> you're not going to join my team. So I feel like when it comes to it, you just got to get good at feeling people out because naturally us as entrepreneurs, we generally have a good gauge for people's character. Sometimes we just got to be, if they pass the character test, you just got to give them endless trust until they give you a reason not to trust them. Exactly. By you saying that, it made me click an idea in my head what I do when it comes to feeding the city. Because like it's a nonprofit where I can't be everywhere giving out these certain meals to certain places and locations. What I tell people before we even start, I sent out an email and let them know like what's expected of them being a volunteer. Because the worst thing to have is have a volunteer in the street doing it for clout, posting selfies and saying, yo, hey, look at me, I'm giving away such and such. And they're doing it for the wrong reasons. So what I do is I always tell people, this is the standard of what we're doing. And if you're not following this standard, then you don't need to be a part of it. Yep. It's okay. You could find another campaign that you could be a part of, but this is how we do it, where we generally give back because we want to. We're not doing it for branding. We're not doing it for any type of marketing. None of that. We're doing it because we generally want to it and we don't want nothing from it. We just want to help people that's less fortunate. I send them email and I also give them a speech the morning of Thanksgiving and to reiterate how important it is that we keep this same type of quality where people know, like they see feet in the city. These are genuine kids. We're not kids. These are genuine millennials group that wants to help the community. They want to get back to us. It's not like, yo, they just doing this for show and then treat somebody bad. A lot of times when we out in the street, there might be people that are in an unfortunate situation, what causes them to act a certain way. 
they might not say thank you. They might not be, you know, polite because they have a lot of trauma on them. So they don't even know what you're giving them because they're so untrustworthy because so many other people are doing bad things to them, tricks and schemes. So they're trying to protect themselves. So with that being said, I always say, even if they're not receptive to what you're doing, you say thank you, you leave it, and you just keep it moving. I had a certain standards that, you know, I set because, you know, you represent me and you represent us. That's a fact, bro. And I think that's a huge part is, again, man, as entrepreneurs, when, we, when we're trying to evaluate people, you know, to represent us, we just got to make sure that, again, they pass that character test. Now, completely off topic slightly, but like one of my huge pet peeves is when entrepreneurs, they burn bridges, man. It really bothers me when it comes to you're building a community and you're trying to get a group of people together that work towards a common goal. And then someone falls off and someone is no longer a part of the community. They're no longer a part of the brand. And then you start discrediting that person or you start talking negatively about the person who's no longer a part of your team. That is such an unethical thing to do because even though they're no longer a part of your team and if other people are part of your community see you bad mouthing someone else, that subconsciously makes them view you in a different light. That's one thing that came to my mind. And I just wanted to share that because I know other entrepreneurs sometimes might see that happen or they might be like, yo, they're no longer a part of my team. Screw them. It's so backward. Yeah, it's very unhealthy for your branding for your business because branding is what people say about your company when you're not in the room. That's a fact. So when what people say about you when you're not there is very important because bad news travels faster than good news. Yeah. And you should know that you want to have a great stamp no matter if the relationship didn't work out. And that's all we say is you're not good. I'm just not the trainer for you. And I put it back on me. I wouldn't say, yo, you're not fit for Team KB. <laughs> <laughs> I just say, I'm just not the trainer for you if it comes to that situation. And sometimes people just not in the right mind state to deal with the type of training or the type of responsibility I'm trying to give them. And that's okay because I'll leave that open door. Eventually, they always come back around again. That's the type of relationship that you want to have. Even if they they don't train with me, they might refer someone else to train with me. And that's where the power of branding comes in. So have you burned any bridges in the past, KB? <laughs> nah, man. After high school, I learned my lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. At high school, you was a grimy dude, man. I haven't burned any bridges. Not that I think of. See, the thing is with me, I'm very loving and caring to everybody that's in front of me. So when people are not in front of me or they're not a part of what I'm doing, they feel like, yo, KB doesn't mess with me anymore. It's like, no, I'm, most of my focus is catered to people in front of me. So a lot of people might feel that I don't F with them, but that's not the case. I'm just making sure everybody in front of me is good. I have double back and reach out to some people just to get their feedback. Are we good? Are we cool? Because I have other businesses too. So that's another thing. And I think that's so key, man, because what you just said is, just because I'm not a fit for you in this one particular industry, I have multiple streams. So I want to make sure that I count all my ducks in a row. Just because I can't help you here don't mean I can't help you somewhere else. So let's get to the takeaways. My first takeaway, man, for the problem we talked about where I need help to complete my mission. I say this for all of my entrepreneurs out there is if you have a goal in mind, this goal means something to you and you want to win big. You always got to remember that you need a team behind you to execute this goal. A mission is a lot more fun when you have a team behind you and you have someone to enjoy the journey. Completing goals 
is is a lot more fun when uh, you have people that you can share those experiences with. Always remember when it comes to completing things, man, like build a team, build a team that represents you. That is a, a good reflection of what you want to be. When y'all get to the promised land, which is the end goal, y'all can all celebrate together. I like that. And for my takeaway is to voice your vision. A lot of times we don't, things don't manifest in the world because we don't put it out in the universe. Literally talk to your inner circle, your family, your friends, post on social media. And another thing to do is talk to strangers because strangers is going to, it's not going to be emotional attachment. They're going to voice their opinion based on whatever you're telling them based on the subject. And I feel like more people need to find people to help their brand. For example, if you're looking for like a screenwriter, a bookkeeper for your business or a marketer for your business, let everyone know this is what you're looking for. It's not you're, you're begging for help. These are things that you need to make sure your business runs smoothly and that you can continue to make more money. Don't underestimate the power of social media, Facebook groups. You want, you know, niche communities that you want to tap into that you could find the people that you're looking for to help carry out your vision. Yeah, man. I feel like accomplishing things with people is a lot more enjoyable. I can't stress that enough. Now, the second solution that we have for it's hard to keep people motivated is what I always tell people is this is that's the reason why people get paid is because if everybody was motivated and everybody get things done on their own, there would be no personal trainers, there would be no bosses, there would be no CEOs, right? As entrepreneurs, when you are the boss, when you are the CEO, it is your job to get people back on track. Remember that whenever your people is falling off target and they're deviating from the goal, you got to make sure that you're able to rally up the troops in a way that keeps them on point for the big picture. So all my entrepreneurs out there, man, when it comes to keeping people motivated, remember that it's a privilege that you have that opportunity to motivate people because you're in that position. So don't take that for granted. My second takeaway is go the extra mile. Get to know your team beyond the branding and the daily tasks that you ask them to do. Really humanize yourself with them and tap into, you know, the interests and what they like. So like you said earlier, how you realize you're dealing with millennials and they like to have fun and you like to have certain games, certain events that you guys go to as a team. And that helps the bonding. And I think going the extra mile, doing things that have nothing to do with the business, but more with bonding, is going to help you produce a, a healthier community and a strong community. I like to spice things up, you know, spice up the routine, have fun, and get to know them and really figure out what's their interest. So, like, sometimes I'm like, yo, what you doing this weekend? I know you're going out. <laughs> and they're like, what? I'm like, yo, where is it at? Well, like, send, me the, send me the Addy. You know what I'm saying? I want to pull up to the party, too. When I do things like that, they see me as a person who loves the lifestyle of fitness and everything else, but also who loves to have fun. When I go out with my clients, it's so funny because every time they pick up a cup, they look at me like, yo, are you going to hold this against me? <laughs> I'm like, yo, do your thing. But sure enough, next week, I'm like, all right, we got to burn it off. <laughs> when you and your clients get together, they look at you like you the pop, like that KB in the building. I got to make sure I do this right. Yeah, man. It's like one of those things where a pastor's around and you watch what you say. You don't want to curse in front of the pastor. <laughs> so it's the same type of relationship when I step into places social settings where, you know, there's drinking involved, there's greasy meals, dessert, and people always looking like, yo, hold on, KB here? All right, let me just wait till he leave or something. (laughs) (laughs) Or they just got to wait till you turn your head. That's it, bro. (laughs) With that being said, like, go the extra mile to really get to know the people that you're servicing and the people that's a part of your team so you can build that strong community. 
And even when I go out now, they be counting my calories. So that's what's another thing that's so funny. They hold me accountable. It's like, oh, I see you drinking. I see you want this. I'm like, all right, bet. I'm about to go run an extra mile today. So <laughs> when I do that, I was like, I make myself accountable. Like, listen, this comes with the lifestyle. We want to have fun. We got to work just, just as much. And once they see me do certain like th- things like that, it makes it more attainable and like it's more respected. Like, all right, I see why he was able to do that because he made up for it twice as much. That's true, bro. The third takeaway that I got is I don't trust people in my brand. And my thing that I want to tell all our entrepreneurs listening is it's a different level of trust when it comes to business. You know, you have personal trust and you have business trust. And again, like what I said earlier is naturally when it comes to personal trust, trust is earned, you know, and it's kind of the same thing in business, but in business, you really have to, if someone is a part of your team, you have to give them the trust without any hesitation. If you don't trust someone, they should not be on your team. If they pass that character test to where they're on your team, then you have to make sure that you're able to give them those different responsibilities if you want to really scale and take your business to the next level. One of the things that I've been able to take my trust issues from a non down to a four is I'm not scared to allow people to make a mistake. I do a better job of evaluating people. So again, if they're on my team, I I just got to remind myself like, yo, Lay Kim, give them the trust. They haven't given you a reason not to trust them. Let's win because I want to win bigger than ever now. And that's a part of growing uh, your business is giving people unconditional trust until they give you a reason not to. I fully agree a thousand percent. And my approach is even a little bit more subtle where I say people who are struggling with trust for their brand. You don't necessarily have to trust people. You just have to be willing. Everyone is a risk. So you got to think long term. Do you really see yourself growing by doing everything yourself every day, every day in your business? It's, it's, it's inevitable that you're going to need people to be a part of it. A practical thing that you can do is you can make a list of everything that you do within your business, every task, big or small, and start by delegating the minute things to those people. As you do that, when they complete, your team completes these different tasks, then you can build that trust and that accountability relationship. Because you got to think about everything that you do as a solely one-person entrepreneur, sole proprietor. There's no way you can grow at a maximum level where it's just you. Because as you have, you know, the demand increase on your business, you have to realize, you have to scale this thing. And I have to have people to be a part of it. Even somebody's picking up the boxes or picking up the papers, <laughs> opening up the shop. These things that you need help with. And you shouldn't have to be doing at a certain level in your business. With that being said, just be willing. And what would you say is uh, one of your final takeaways for all of our entrepreneurs when it comes to the title? It takes a village to run a business. Like, what's the one last thing you want our entrepreneurs to remember? With the title, it's, it's the same thing when it comes to a child. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to run a business. And with that being said, you guys ought to understand that it's going to take a little bit, a part of you each day for your business to grow. And you can't let your past experiences or your insecurities hold you back from making you know, that revenue that you continue to make. We all in business because we have these great ideas. These great ideas calls for great uh, help. And you guys just have to realize that in order to succeed at a superior level, it's going to take superior trust from other people as well. Man, that's a fact. And my final takeaway is this, bro. Like, I love building teams, man. I've been building teams since 2015. And uh, I was looking at some of the numbers and I think I've hired over, over a thousand people since 2015. So 
That means I've built big teams, I've built small teams, and I've built team after team after team. And one of the cool things is my five-year anniversary is coming up on October, I think the 22nd. So my goal now after building all of these teams is now I want to be able to share these opportunities uh, with all of the entrepreneurs that want to master how to build teams. Because if I've been able to build teams up to, you know, as big as 30, 40 people that all work towards a common goal, I want to share some of my secrets that I've been able to, to build uh, over these last five years. So in the next few months, I want to release a team building course on the five-year anniversary of me being in business. So I'm going to make sure that all of our listeners, they get an opportunity to, to see what's been working. Without a team, the journey isn't as fun. I want all my entrepreneurs to remember, don't focus on all the things that people do that get you frustrated. Focus on the lives and the impact that you have on people who want your help. Because a relationship doesn't have to be permanent to be effective. One interaction you have with a person can change their entire perspective on life. So always remember, treat people right. Build a community. Entrepreneurhood. Anyone can start, but only champions finish. Now that you've completed this episode, you're ready to continue your journey by connecting directly with our hosts of Entrepreneurhood. Follow us on Instagram at The Entrepreneurhood to stay updated with the community. For each episode, the first set of listeners to tag us on Instagram and leave a five-star review will be entered into a drawing to get a free one-on-one coaching session on the topic of entrepreneurship with our hosts. Remember, there is no shame in struggling because we fail, we grow, and we win right here on Entrepreneurhood.